0: Would have been ironic if this movie bombed, huh? Today I'm talking about Oppenheimer. This is Scott's self Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, Movie friends, welcome to Scott's self Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about uh Kristen, Christopher Nolan's uh award box office smash and uh, likely award winner coming um the biopic of Robert Oppenheimer. And yeah, this is one that uh I don't know quite what I expected from it. Uh, I have obviously heard good things, I tried to keep myself kind of in the dark about tone and everything else. Just I, I try to do that more nowadays to just let movies kind of. Sweep over me, and let them do their thing, and this one was great uh, for reasons I'll get into shortly. So without further ado, let's get started. A three-hour bio- biopic about the father of the atomic bomb being one of the biggest box office hits of the year is surprising, to say the least. Especially since it was an R-rated biopic that was coming out the same weekend as the biggest movie of the year, Barbie. And yet, here we are. Now everyone is trying to determine whether this is an inflection point for the movie business, the result of great marketing, or here's a wild idea. Maybe this movie is really good and people kept coming back to watch it again. Who can say? What I can tell you is that I finally see it, seen it, and it might be Christopher Nolan's best movie. Flashing between Oppenheimer's political feuds and the creation of the atomic bomb, the film follows the theoretical physicist through his tumultuous life, including his incredible drive to successfully create an atomic bomb, and the personal and political fallout it left in its wake. So I'll be the first to admit I didn't know what to expect with this movie. Christopher Nolan is one of the best technical directors working today, but I've often felt that a lot of his movies have lacked the emotional weight you'd like them to have. Interstellar has some stunning visuals and moments and concepts, but also didn't land with the same level of impact that I would want from that kind of sci-fi story. Similarly, Tenant is a ton of fun, but I'd be hard-pressed to find a moment that made me feel something besides, holy shit, that was awesome. What I think that this movie does so well is how it uses the film language and beats he's established in other films to reinforce this movie's themes and its approach to its lead character the first two-thirds of the movie play out like a heist movie where killian murphy's oppenheimer is portrayed like a man possessed first with the theoretical physics in his head and then with his singular focus on creating an atomic bomb before the germans this includes planning out the location finding the team and even presenting a timeline he constantly notes that the germans have an 18-month head start and even notes what will likely trip the germans up hitler's anti-semitism Every bump in the road, whether being addressed in the moment or in the future, is presented like an obstacle towards the ultimate goal, making the bomb. Have to tone down the socialism talk? Sure thing. This guy's frustrated? Fine, we'll shift so we can keep our forward momentum. All of this is done in rapidly edited scenes that play less like dialogue and more like plans being developed on the fly, because the security guard is coming around again. It's a great approach to what could be tedious material. And I imagine history buffs are going to be blown away by both the dedication to crafting period-appropriate clothing and sets to match the Los Alamos town, but also the visual effects used to create the scientific concepts and nuclear weapons, some of the best practical work of its kind since Tree of Life. Nolan also wisely simplifies the science and presents all of the biggest hurdles as differences in opinion or lack of materials between opposing scientists or political games he has to play to ensure funding while notably reintroducing important ideas over and over again. Where does this stop? And should this even be done in the first place? It's a relentless pace that means when the movie taps the brakes after the bomb's successful detonation, it rightly gives the audience whiplash. Because all of the visual language and lines have told us up to this point that this is a triumph, and then it doesn't feel like one, which begs the question, why? Partially because the movie has done its level best to put you into Oppenheimer's headspace up to this point, which is that he's so engrossed in his goal that he's unable to see what his creation of this weapon means, which has been telegraphed by a number of his more impulsive decisions throughout the film, including his romantic trysts. There was always going to be a moral cost for this, and he seemingly never considered it. It feels like a rug pull for both Oppenheimer and the audience. Now, now that now that the reality and cost of his decisions have come, he hates it, and he himself for being so blind. This is something that Killian Murphy is so well-suited to because he can be the charismatic leading man and team leader who has every answer or is able to solve problems at a moment's notice one scene, while also being able to own his intense close-ups of his psyche breaking under the contradicting energies of what's expected to him, rah-rah patriotism, and what he feels. Not only that, but the movie is loaded with actors who ooze exactly what is needed for their individual parts, whether it's Robert Downey Jr. getting to play a seasoned politi- politician hoping to get a cabinet position, Kenneth Branagh donning another accent for Nolan, Florence Pugh and Emily Blunt as the complicated women in Oppenheimer's life, or David Crumholtz as the humanist core that Oppenheimer feels comfortable demonstrating himself, uncomfortable demonstrating himself. Put together, we've got a three-hour movie that feels much shorter than its runtime and carries weight beyond its initial viewing. In short, I think Nolan may have made his best movie to date. 9 out of 10. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.